Well, this is something new. My name is Andy Mir and I'm chair of the Science Communication and Future Media at the University of Salford and the SciComm space is launching a podcast celebrating all of our research across the university. So to find out more about what's happening, get involved and take part. Listen to, we don't have a name yet. Stay tuned. Now, we are going to mix things up in this podcast, so we're not just going to bring you interviews and conversations with leading researchers. We'll also broadcast some of our research seminars that happen across the university. So if you can't make them in person or even check in live online, you can catch up here on the podcast. So if you want to know what's happening on research at Salford, tune in, subscribe, follow and like. Our first episode is with Professor Carl Dason, who is our Pro Vice-Chancellor for Research and Innovation at the University. And we talk about the Festival of Research, or what we're now calling ReFest, a place that brings people together from across the university to talk about research and innovation. Here we go. Good morning, Carl. Good to see you here. Hi, Andy. How are you? I'm really well, thanks. It's been a, a wonderful morning already. Lots of meetings and lots of things taking place, not least of which is lots of people wanting to get more involved with the Festival of Research, which is what this sort of event's all about. And it's great to have you here because I think we talked about this, setting up this event probably about two, three years ago, must be now, wasn't it? Gosh, it was. I think it must have been, well, yeah, it must have been over three years ago. And we had the idea of that first conversation. We said, okay, well, what, let's, how do we celebrate research? And, I, I, you know, we, and I think there was other sort of festivals at the time. And you said, well, we could go down this path. And uh, I think from that one initial conversation, here we are a couple of years later. Yeah. And uh, it's a strange kind of period because obviously last year we were sort of took a bit of a pause last year for obvious reasons. But then I remember the last the year before that we had lots of events taking place all across the campus and in Manchester as well. I know we were at the Hard Rock Cafe and had events taking place there. And I think for us, it's it's very much about the community around us as well as the internal community of the university, isn't it? Absolutely. I think, you know, too often, I, I think it, for me, it was when, I, when it started, when you, if you, go down the Crescent and you drive down the Crescent every day to commute, you know, what do you know about the university? What goes on beyond that, you know, those grass verges and those, those, you know, Victorian buildings is what you pass, you know, you know, there's a university there, but people don't really un- know what happens. And it's about bringing that research and that excellence that the university engaging, both telling each other that story, but also telling the wider community and engaging the wider community and how it directly impacts on their lives. And I think Hard Rock Cafe was a great example of where it's really, part of it was about the story of the bees, I think, on the on the top of the building and the print works and, and the way in which the research colleagues uh, around uh, bees and et cetera is, is changing the wider world. So that's, ex- that's exactly the sort of case study that I, we can focus on. Yeah, and for those people that are joining us that aren't too familiar with the University of Salford, the Festival of Research is a programme of activity that goes across the university involving staff, students at all levels to talk about the impact of our research, the projects we're developing, and I think particularly trying to build new partnerships. I'm always surprised, Carl, just how many new institutions are are coming into Greater Manchester that we can work with. And it it feels like it's it's a constantly dynamic space into which new things are happening, isn't it? Incredible, really. I mean, I think when we started, you know, only yesterday I, I was meeting with a government agency that uh, have set up uh, in, in Manchester and, you know, 
three years ago, there was no thought that that organisation would be coming to Manchester. Um, there are, you know, now some of the government have more government departments coming. There are private sector firms, very large private sector firms that are here that weren't here three years ago. And you can see across the region an intensification of, you know, not just firms moving in or new firms being created and new organisations moving in, but desire to plug in to the wider sort of community and into the university as well. And that, that for me is a great opportunity, both for Salford and for higher education and for the wider society. Definitely. And there is so much happening in Greater Manchester that is cutting across all aspects of research. And I, I sort of think about some of our major partnerships with organisations like the Science and Industry Museum and everything that we have over at the remarkable Media City campus, which is full of SMEs, organisations that are doing incredible work, including the BBC and ITV. And I think that aspect of, of creating a festival is, is really what sort of frames today's sort of discussion. We, we titled this Imagine a Festival, I think partly because we're involved with lots of festivals aren't we oh gosh well it's uh as you say uh festival of science and and a, a range of a range of others and colleagues across the university you know are working with walk the plank and things of that mm -hmm. nature as well in preparation for next year's uh, next year's large uh, national festival um and i think festivals are really important as a means to you know just to both to celebrate and to communicate um and to engage entirely new audiences that wouldn't normally sort of you know have the even have the opportunity or the or the time to you know to sit down and listen to a lecture by you know by an academic or something of that nature uh and uh, the great thing with festivals is it forces the academics i would say to sort of think about how they present in a way which doesn't happen in, in sort of a conventional sort of inaugural lecture or something of that type of nature yeah, and I know that in recent sort of the last couple of months, there's been some research to talk about how universities can make themselves more open to their local communities, but also make the campuses more porous and, and hopefully involve more people. I think creating a festival is a way of sort of welcoming people into our into our buildings as much as anything, but also I think more widely into our community, isn't it? Oh, I think so. And I think there's, in, you know, when we did the last one in person two years ago, I, the, the last day of that was was doing stuff in Pill Park uh, and the researchers had to sort of present in Pill Park and, you know, local school children came along and things like that. And, you know, and as the researchers had to sort of think about how they engage differently, there was also that work in Media City, uh, um, the biomass sort of work as well. And that, that was really interesting about how people could walk through a human body. And I know that got fantastic feedback and, and things of that nature. So I think there's some really interesting examples of way in which that sort of engagement. So it's, it's the engagement is both making the university more porous, but making the work more porous as well, so that people feel it has some attachment to their lives. And I think that doesn't always happen, but I think festivals have been a fantastic way in which that does occur. I think so. And also, I, I suppose there's a, a form of collaboration as well. I know that some of the events that we've produced over the years have really kickstarted collaborations between people from very different backgrounds, whether you're a, a biomedical scientist starting to work with a virtual reality designer. These sorts of interfaces don't often happen in the day to day. And a festival can really be a useful way to sort of usher in that new conversation, can't it? Oh, absolutely. And I think when you do go, it's also the fact that even if you go and you maybe, you know, your particular discipline may not have a massive role in it and you watch someone else's engagement and then you think, oh, that's the way they presented that. Is there a way we could do that? And I think that 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 drives innovation in the academic community as well. So I think it, it, it works both the benefit for the wider society and I think for the academic community. 
And I think certainly for the university, there are so many partnerships that we have where there's lots of kind of public engagement events, often focused around festivals. And we do have sort of a variety of things from those, either from programming activity to then trying to help with the curation of events. But I think one of the things that really strikes me as, as powerful about it is how we can build a more, I, I guess, solidarity. And I've, I sort of conscious over the last 15 months how our involvement with many of the festivals that had to sort of move into an online delivery has been something we've really tried to support. And, and we worked with Cheltenham Science Festival last year in particular. But I think we're at an interesting point in, in history, but also I think in the history of education, arts, where COVID has sort of given us a, a, a moment to sort of think about that digital offer and how we can create compelling experiences. What are your thoughts or thoughts about that? Do you think it's something that's going to grow quickly or how, how do you see it developing? I Well, I think there's a, uh, I suppose it depends what part of the cycle you'd have asked me that question at. I think, you know, when we initial had um, the pandemic started and everyone had to work from home, I think there was that sort of talk of a brave new world and, you know, the idea of virtual be virtual. I think as we've gone on, the desire to reconnect in person has probably grown stronger. Um, so I think we're looking more of a blended approach to festivals in the future. Um, well, the great thing about the, the interactive world in festivals is that we can reach far more people in far in a greater range of places than we could do previously. If you think about those really large festivals, um, that are often ticket-based, mm -hmm. well, actually in that scenario, only a certain number could see them. And so that we relied on, you know, the broadcast media to present them to a wider public uh, that weren't fee paying. That's, you know, it's quite a linear sort of process um, in that basis. And I think the new online one would enable those sort of audiences, those wider audiences that can't get to them in person to engage and feel part of the, the audience in in situ as well and i think that's i think what the inter what the sort of online world contributes to the way in which festivals will look in the future and um, so i think there'll be that sort of we'll have both face to face and online uh, hopefully the best of both worlds yes definitely hopefully and i think this year we've got all our program is online and accessible and certainly that mindset of trying to make things available to people in that blended way that you describe has to be part of our future. I think partly because some people have found that, in fact, you know, if you have caring responsibilities or obligations, actually attending online may be the only thing you can do. So I think this year it's, it's great to see how, what sort of feedback we get, but also I think to understand how we develop that going forward. And we've got so much taking place and we often, in fact, we always kick off with the Spark Conference, which is a researcher conference. And we're very, keen to make sure that our postgraduate researchers develop some of these skills to be more public facing in their career as they enter into academia and that's become a big part of university life in the last few years hasn't it yeah and I think for me spark I think is a great opportunity because uh, PhD students you know need that opportunity to present their work but also to present it to audiences that aren't always specialists in their field, because often the questions you get from non-specialist audiences um, can be really insightful and can actually force you to rethink what you're trying to do. And at the same time, think about the way in which you're communicating it. And that, you know, in a specialist audience, it can get quite dry and everyone understands the topic. And there's a series of assumptions and leaps that, you know, aren't there with a, with a non-specialist non audience. Um, the other side of it is that increasingly academics um, are seen as the importance, well, it's an important part for academics to be able to communicate effectively in terms of impact and the impact of our work. 
Um, so this is the opportunity for our PhD students to start to articulate the impact of their work. It's something that those that go on to work in academia will have to do. And I think it's a really good skill to learn very early in their career rather than sort of, you know, trying to sort of retrain them once they finish their PhD. So I do see it as an essential part of their development. For sure. And I think one of the one of the other things I was aware, certainly over the last few years, is just how much there is happening in public that, you know, you think about the social media platforms that now allow us to reach out to people directly. You only have to look over the last 50 months to see how important that aspect of expert input into communication is really valuable. And we've got lots of really exciting things happening across the festival, which I just want to share with our audience here, because we have something, we kick off on the 30th of June, and then we've got events across that first week of July, as, uh, July, as Carl mentioned, starting off with the Spark Conference. I'm really excited we have this Failure Friday event taking place on the 2nd of July, because I think I remember when I had a Nesta grant a few years ago, and uh, a lot of the Nesta team were talking about the sort of importance of failure to really try and to explore and experiment and I think often that that ambition goes goes along with aspects of failure doesn't it it's not something we can we can really we can't take high risks and reach a really extraordinary end without the risk of failure well I, I would I agree entirely with that I think um, and it's something which is is curious because I think when you look at researchers through their uh, sort of academic development um, all the way through as young people sort of going to school and then go to university, you know, most researchers actually, or, you know, most young people, etc., are terrified of failure because we drive them to success. And those that are often end up as researchers are the most successful. You know, they've done very well at school. They've excelled in everything. They've gone to university, they excelled in their undergraduate course and you know, then the master's course, and they're used to act. They're used to success because they they have worked very hard at it. And then when you get to research, you suddenly realise that everyone starts to about failure all the time and the things that don't work, uh, and that's normal. Um, and that's the way the world works because research does not progress in a, a linear process. Mm. You know, and rarely do things go right, um, and things go wrong for a whole range of different reasons. And the results are often not what you expect as well. And there's obviously a long history of, you know, the results not being expected, but actually being serendipitous. But often they're not serendipitous. They just don't work, you know, and you have to sort of re reconfigure and think again and replan. So I think the notion of, you know, talking about that element of failure and learning to fail and learning to embrace failure, because failure is a really great, is the best step towards learning and improved improvement next time. I think is really crucial and I think that you know having it embedded within this conference is really important mm -hmm. and I also think it's, it's important for a wider society as well you know we always say to young people take risks take opportunities be more innovative and innovation seems really important in terms of you know national development uh, you know economic development etc but of course the thing about innovation is it fails an awful lot you know that's the point if it was easy Everyone would do it. You know, we have power innovation and it wouldn't really be innovation. The whole point is it is a challenge and therefore getting, raising aspirations for people to try and not make things work um, and don't worry about it because actually that's part of the learning process and then you start again and it's what you learn from that experience that matters, not the experience itself, I think is really important message and it's an important part of the, uh, the festival and I'm really pleased to see it's part of the agenda this time. 
and, and I think for me, there's also a common ground between that. And actually the, the culture of festivals, not necessarily the UK, but certainly Greater Manchester. We've worked with Manchester International Festival, the Abandoned Normal Devices Festival and and Manchester Science Festival. In fact, its, it's slogan is part playground, part laboratory. And I think that that aspect of, of experimentation is often something that festivals can facilitate really well. And what I really love about this programme that we have over the next weekend, well, beginning 30th of June, is that I think it's a very values-based program. So we're really interested in trying to bring bridge the gap between disciplines, try to think about the, the crossover between theory, practice and research, and also to, to think about our geographic location as well. So unfortunately, the research in the park isn't happening in Peel Park, but but my goodness, when it does, Peel Park is an extraordinary place to visit. And, and I think appreciate just the situation of, of where we are as a university is, is, a, is a beautiful area with, with so much around us. Yeah, I agree entirely. I think if you if you go back to parks, you know, parks, as you say, are places of play. You know, that's what we associate parks with. Um, but they're also fantastic sites for research activity as well. Um, and certainly we're lucky at Salford because, of course, the university is, is built inside a park. Um, and that sort of entry point is really important in the story that we tell about the university and the research that we do. But it's also important that the community feel that the university is part of that park as well and that it's for them. It isn't just for those of us that are privileged enough to work in it. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And you're right, the sort of history of parks as a sort of public spaces, I think, is is often very closely connected to the history of festivals. And I think what's coupled with that is that where often a lot of the festivals are led by sort of art sector collaborations, you really have attention to thinking about evaluation and assessing impact, understanding the audiences that have been reached or haven't been reached. And I think the art sector in particular has has really gone a long way in the last sort of 30 years to understand audiences really effectively. And I think that's partly what's valuable for us collaborating with institutions. It brings that insight, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. I think the, you know, if we go back to the story about parks, it's hard to, you know, parks have always been established, uh, linked to the arts. You know, if, if you think about it, it's hard to imagine a picture of a park that doesn't have somebody reading a book. <laughs> you know, that it, it is, always, the association's strongly been there. Virtually every music festival is in a park by definition. <laughs> It's not, it doesn't tend to be in well, some of them are in car parks, but most of them are in parks or playing fields of some some type. So I think the arts have always understand the importance of parks. I think the other side for me is, and I think this is the new the newer part, in the way in which we now see that the festival festivals both ours and, and wider, the, the way in which the importance of science itself plays in those parks. Obviously, environmental science mm. is the most obvious. But right across the scientific fields, we can see a way in which the festivals and parkland sort of in interact in a way in which probably 20, 30 years ago, we didn't didn't even cross our minds that this was relevant. Yeah, absolutely. So thinking ahead, what would you kind of hope this festival does for the university, for the people involved and for our sort of community around us? Well, I hope it continues because obviously it's the third, third one and obviously it's online this year, but I hope it continues sort of the sense um, both within the academic community that engaging with their wider community is a valuable thing to do, that they can see some benefit from it and they want to do it, they want more to do more of it. Um, I think for the wider community, it's about hopefully they, this great sense of uh, pride about their own institution mm. um, and the way in which the, the excellence that happens at that institution, but also greater awareness of what the university does as well and a desire to find out more. 
Um, you know, curiosity is really important, I think. You know, research is driven by curiosity. And if people are interested in what people are researching, that helps us as well. And I think some of the big research challenges that we face in the future, you know, we need public engagement. We need public engagement because the things that we can't see around the corner are often the eth ethical and moral dilemmas. And we're going to have some huge ethical moral dilemmas with some of the technologies that we're now developing. Um, and only the public can sort of point out what those are and actually present them in a way in which we can actually understand the passion behind them and then sort of address them. Often researchers are working on their projects. They're probably not all the time thinking about how this is going to be received. They're thinking about, does it work? <laughs> and I think that's what, you know, public engagement really helps and things like festivals really help because it does force the researcher to say, oh, gosh, you know, the didn't like that you know all oh, that didn't like that that's an interesting ethical dilemma that i hadn't really thought about i think that's really important for us to 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 capture and hopefully as we go forward you know festivals like ours will continue to sort of engage with those bigger topics yeah i think so absolutely and hopefully i think also that open space in which people can do a whole range of different things and what i love about our program is that it's not just you know conversations discussions there's really experimental formats of things that we we kind of want people to propose whether it's poetry readings or or, or writing sprints that are really fantastic ways of getting ideas out or even just setting up very informal conversations about ideas i think that that aspect of nurturing the openness of the festival so that people feel welcome to propose and deliver whatever it is that they have in their head as being important is a big part of the ethos so so that's been a, a wonderful sort of way to kick off the conversation for the festival car thanks so much for being okay. here and i will sort of invite people to take a look at the program and see what's on offer there is so much but you can also propose new events either for this year or next year if you've got something in your head you want to get out there so i look forward to seeing you at the festival carl and uh yeah hopefully in face to face at some point soon in the future Thanks, Andy, and, and good luck to everyone involved the festival and I uh, you know, hope everyone enjoys it. Thank you very much. That was Professor Carl Dayson, who is our Pro Vice-Chancellor for Research and Innovation, formerly in the School of Arts, Media and Creative Technology, and brings those values and appreciation for disciplines to everything that he does. I hope you've enjoyed this first episode of our new podcast at the University of Salford discussing everything research. My name is Andy Meir and I direct the SciComm space and we'll be back for more very soon. Take care. Music.